Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is the 6th of February, 2023. On today's show, a great weekend of Big 12 hoops to look back on. Is it okay to root for this year's Texas Longhorns basketball squad if you are just a Big 12 fan in general? More on that, and also Brett Yormark hints that negotiations between Oklahoma, Texas, the SEC, the Big 12, Fox, and ESPN might not be dead yet. A lot to get to on this Monday edition of Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, today brought to you all by LinkedIn. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. You guys can find us wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on Twitter at LOBig12. You all can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Thank you guys for bearing with me the last couple of days and also this week as well as I make the move from Richmond, Virginia to Little Rock, Arkansas, where I start uh, my new job. I have mentioned this before, mentioned it again. Uh, the podcast will not be affected time of day that I record when it comes out. Yes, content, no, should not be affected at all. So just want to make sure you guys know that. And also I appreciate many of you all sending nice notes, whether it be to me individually or also uh, sending notes via the comment section. Those are really nice and those are very much appreciated. So big topic last week was Texas and Oklahoma and their existence in the Big 12 and future in the SEC and when those things will take place. And I think for a lot of Big 12 fans, it has caused some more, I guess, animosity or some more uh, thought about how this thing goes down. My stance, and I'll maintain the same stance, guys, is that the Big 12 should do what's best for the Big 12. I think what's best for the Big 12 right now in this case is whatever Fox wants, right? So if that means the Big 12 gets to play non-conference games against Texas and Oklahoma in the future, um, we might not love that, but that has to happen and we'll make a lot of money from those games. Or if Fox says no to the deal and Texas and Oklahoma remain in the league through 2025, that's also fine too. We still make money through that. But, uh, you know, this was a great weekend for a Texas team and that is Texas basketball. 69-66 win over Kansas State in the Octagon of Doom. This gives them a full one-game lead over Iowa State, who they still have a home game left against. It also means that now, and I'll get to this a little bit, but they have a big matchup with Kansas tonight and really a chance to strangle, get a stranglehold on this on this conference. But Texas is now 19-4 and four overall, first place in the Big 12. And since Rodney Terry has had to take over this team, they have lost just twice. They lost a really fun back-and-forth game to K-State, and they lost to Iowa State at home. Our friends at the, or uh, on the road, rather, at Iowa State. Our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook now have them as the odds-on favorite, minus 110 favorite, to win the Big 12 Men's Basketball Conference outright this season in 2023. And I think the reason why I kind of, I just want to think about this team is because the job Rodney Terry has done, you'll hear from everybody, is tremendous. It is not just a X's nose job that he has done, and I'll get to that in a second because he did a good job. But he has had this mantra of just the, the players and the guys, like be where your feet are. And in a season where he is learning to be a head coach at the Power 5 level, in a season where all of these guys came to coach and play for Chris Beard and they lost that guy who was a figurehead and you know seems like a very much a fraud after what we know happened. And once again, I know charges were dropped, but 
uh, changing stories happen all the time in cases like that. And kind of, you know, Texas fired him. So obviously there is, there's some smoke there, right? And to have that leader gone, to have that individual, that figurehead go and to have all of these guys and have to make them coalesce and come together. And I'm not sure Texas basketball has even played their best game yet, right? I, I think that home game against Baylor is really impressive. I thought part of this game against Kansas State was really impressive. Um, I'm not positive, though, that the Texas Longhorns have played their best basketball game yet this season. I think that's still to come. But the fact that they're growing, they're improving, and they're in first place in the toughest basketball conference in the country with a coach who was not did not think that he'd be the head coach is – it's a testament to that group just staying focused and staying together. Now, I think part of it too is, you know, there's two ways this thing could go, right? This thing could just collapse, you know, at the beginning of the season. Or those guys could be like, well, we're all back for a purpose. We're here to play ball. We're here to coach ball. And this coach is gone. And we've got a lot of season left. And there's a lot that we can accomplish because how good this group is. And they have decided as a unit, as a collective, to do it. And and I'll tell you what, guys, Rodney Terry has been extremely complimentary on Sirius XM. He was complimentary on Philo 68 this weekend after dark. He was very complimentary of the group, of the staff, of the players. And look, uh, his time to be complimentary of himself is coming when he inevitably, inevitably gets to interview for the Texas men's basketball head coaching job. That will be his time to be praising himself and not to pray. You know, they don't praise yourself in the interview. What your job is, is to, to commend yourself, to show what kind of vision and leadership that you have. But I'm not really sure he needs to say a whole lot because what's happening right now at the University of Texas is, is phenomenal. And, and it's not like, you know, it's, it's not unbelievable. It is believable because the group they have. I'll be honest, I did not know much about Rodney Terry. Uh, my, one of the guys I work with, Chris Plank, over at SiriusXM, you know, knew about how he was always kind of in the running or mentioned for maybe that Oral Roberts job, right? And so he was a uh, he was a head coach himself, and he has gotten this group and done an excellent job. And then if you all want an X's and O's example of how things went, go back and watch this game. Second half, and I, I didn't notice they were doing this as much in the first half, but the way they did this in the second half, the way they attacked ball screens, Think about how much they let up in that first game. 116 points to K-State at home. 66 in this game. They were blitzing and hedging and making life really difficult on Marquise Noel, one of the best guards in the league. And was Noel awful in this game? No, he had 10 points, six rebounds, three assists, but he had four personal fouls and he had six turnovers. He did not make a three. He was 0 for 5 where he has been lethal this year. And a part of that was the way that Texas was just being switchable uh, and not even just switchable. They were really getting after that ball screen and they were keeping integrity when they were switching back. They did a really good job of getting that guy hedging high off the screen. As I hit my lamp here, getting high off the screen and then retreating backwards to his guy or they had a switch that they could, but they were not letting Marquise Noel easily, uh, uh, you know, and efficiently uh, initiate their offense in, in that game in the second half in particular. And so they weathered that storm. They hung around. They were down 11. And then they brought the heat in that second half. And in particular, it was a really strong performance from Christian Bishop off the bench. 14 points on 6 of 11 shooting, 6 rebounds, uh, 2 blocks, and 2 steals 
in 26 minutes. And this is the thing about the bench that they have. We know Brock Cunningham is an interesting guy. Sure, you know, he's he's a good uh, he's a good like locker room guy, whatever. But Christian Bishop and Serge Jabari Rice are the gentlemen off the bench that have to be big for Texas. And they were. They combined for 28 points uh, on what was it, an 8 of 17 shooting uh, in this game. You know, they hit two threes combined. And also, the big thing is between those two guys, they made 10 of uh, 13 or 12 free throw attempts. So 10 for 12 in the line from them. On a night where the starters, three of them all had 10 points. This wasn't like a dynamic performance of those guys, but the basketball was moving for them. Guys were hitting tough, big shots. Uh, you know, like Dylan Mitchell had a quiet night, but that's when Bishop came off the bench and was getting the job done for them. And so I'm not sure what the ceiling is. I actually think this, I think this Texas group is like less talented than I actually thought it was. I, I believe though, it is a better collective than I thought it was going to be. I thought this was going to be a whole lot of individualism. And sometimes it is Marcus Carr and Serge Jabari writes it sometimes and Tyrese Hunter sometimes, but I love the way this group actually plays together. And I think a lot of the offensive end, especially is the influence that Roddy Terry has had and just the freedom they're playing with the way they're moving the basketball. And then the defense was really strong. And I know that game against Tennessee last week was really difficult for them. They, they did not go away though. That's a very difficult environment to win in. They would not go away. They refused to quit in that game. While the scoreline looks like, okay, Tennessee got better than they did and made life really difficult on the inside. I thought the last two games, uh, where there's really not you know any awesome interior uh, scoring presence, they were fantastic. And that's a big thing for them. Can they stop you know teams with these dynamic interior scorers? And I don't consider Keontae Johnson an interior scorer. I consider him like a hybrid. Uh, he does a little bit of both, and I thought he played a, a pretty good game for the most part. But I, I thought their defense was was really strong, especially in that second half. How good they were! And I think that was the difference for me in this game, and that's what put them in the driver's seat because now you look at this game they have tonight, Texas basketball. Playing Kansas, if they win this game, guys, they will be a game and a half clear of Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State, excuse me, with a game against them uh, at the Moody Center coming up as well. And really, at that point, you're kind of thinking, all right, who is the biggest challenger to their Big Twelve title if they're able to pull off a big win tonight? Now that's if, right? This would this would um, precipitate them doing the double, as I would call it. This would precipitate them beating both K-State and Kansas on the road in a 48-hour stretch. Um, challenging, not impossible. Doubt it will happen, you know, uh, um, but, but possible, I guess you should, have to, you should have to say here with that. But they're the minus 110 favorites now, and they're, they're very much alive to win this thing. And the reason why I'd say it, like, if they win tonight, guys, I think KU's still a massive challenge to them. But they would create a game-and-a-half gap and also, Iowa State's been, they've lost their last four road games. They're two and five away from Hilton Coliseum. And you can't just ride Hilton Magic all the way to a Big 12 championship. It's not going to work like that. You can't just start losing every single road game you have. I know TCU and K-State and Baylor and Kansas are all lurking right now at this point in time at six and four. But to me, to me, it really does feel like that, um, that, this is a chance they could really pull. I mean, they could really put a stranglehold in this thing. Now, they've got a difficult stretch in the very end of the season. They've got Iowa State at Baylor, at TCU, and Kansas. But two of Iowa State and Kansas are both at home. This is also a team that can, that can win on the road. And so uh, they've got West Virginia at Texas Tech and Oklahoma before that stretch as well after KU. So 
this team, they should be the favorite. They have a very difficult schedule, but it kind of brings me to the one point I was mentioning. Like, is it okay to root for Texas basketball? I would say normally, no, we are not pulling, you know, as a Big 12 collective, we're not pulling for Texas hoops to win the regular season in the Big 12. Uh, this feels a little bit different, though, because of the way this thing happened and how successful Rodney Terry is. Like, the Big 12 guy in me does not want Texas to win. The sports fan in me kind of wants Texas to win because this is a great sports story. And a lot of these guys had to deal with a very difficult situation to see them recover. So maybe in the end of the day, maybe, uh, you know, the, the Big 12 side of me is the dominant side. But if you find yourself out there rooting for Rodney Terry and rooting for Texas, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, there's no, if you're a, let's just say you're a, I don't know, uh, Oklahoma State fan, right? And you're in, you're going to be in the tournament maybe. We think right now they're in the tournament, right? Uh, you know, and, and you're not going to win the Big 12 though. And you know what? You're tired of Kansas winning all the time. So maybe you do root for K-State. West Virginia fan maybe, or excuse me, Texas. Maybe you're the same way too. I, I don't think, you know, normally speaking, like I'm not pulling for Texas football or Oklahoma football to win the Big 12. I am not pulling for Porter Mosher's Oklahoma Sooners to win the Big 12. I was not pulling for Chris Beard's Texas Longhorns to win the Big 12. I really find myself uh, a part of me, at least, not the bigger part of me, but a part of me, at least, pulling for Rodney Terry and the Texas Longhorns to do it because of the struggles that they had to go through this year. So just want to mention that. All right, quick word now our sponsors, and then we will uh, get along with more from this weekend in Big 12 Hoops. We are brought to you all by the fine folks at LinkedIn. If you are a small business owner or a hiring hiring manager, every single hire can feel like a high stakes wager. That's why you all have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights, from your job post and your company and their 875 million member profiles to put you in front of the most qualified candidates. So once again, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. The terms and the conditions, they do apply. All right, let's get on with the rest of the weekend in Big 12 Hoops. Iowa State, Hilton Magic, I tweeted this out. Uh, they might not ever lose at home again. Their defense was tremendous in this game. Their offense moved the basketball around well enough. They win 68-53, and they've laid bare some more of the issues that the Kansas Jayhawks have. If not Jalen Wilson, then who? Grady Dick, two for six. Dwan Harris, one for five. Kevin McCullough Jr., one for four. Uh, KJ Adams, three for six, but seven, seven, Two and two. So on the total, you get 18 points. I mean, they scored 53 points and 26 of them came from, from Jalen Wilson. Um, they've got to get more contributions from other guys, especially on the road. It feels like at home, their defense is good enough and the scoring is good enough and they, they play well enough at Allen Fieldhouse that they are going to win most of the games that they play there. And that's fine. It is more a matter of when this Jayhawks team takes it on the road in conference competition. Can they get the job done? Because look at these conference games on the road. At Iowa State, it is a loss. At Baylor, it is a loss. At K-State, a loss. And so, you know, they beat West Virginia on the road. Great, they won at Texas Texas Tech. But we're talking about these better road teams in the league 
how are you going to do uh, when you got the return trip to TCU and more specifically at Texas later on in the year? And also, that Oklahoma State game is not going to be easy either. It is not going to be an easy contest for them that they've got. And so they're now on a season-defining stretch. Texas, at OU, at Oklahoma State, Baylor, at TCU. Season-defining stretch right here. Challenging games coming up. They need to hold serve at home with the Baylor-Texas games and West Virginia as well after that. And they need to take two or three of these on the road, OU, Oklahoma State, and TCU. They might catch a break depending on what we're looking at. I mean, if we're at 220 and Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin aren't back, that that might get a little dicey for TCU. Uh, But KU needs to do that. On the Iowa State side, you know, is this one of those results where you're like more frustrated because you're like, man, why, why can't we do this on the road? In fact, the road results are getting a bit more lopsided for them. But the thing for them is, and, and look, some of these teams have shot pretty well. It's just like, can they continue to move the basketball? I mean, they blew that massive lead against Texas Tech, right? Uh, I know you'd say, well, that game wasn't lopsided, but like they were up big and they blew that lead. And then obviously not in conference, but Missouri smoked them previous to that last Saturday. Uh, th- I thought they moved the ball very well. They shot 46% on the floor. Uh, I thought this was probably one of the better games Holmes has played. You almost get a, a double-double from Lipsy, who had nine points and 10 assists three steals as well. So also eight rebounds. He's pretty much approaching triple double in this game. You know, Oshunihi was good for them in this game. They got that balance scoring that they really, they wanted, they sought after. Um, and so, you know, the big question for them is, can they take this show on the road and also neutral site games? They, they might win every home game. There's a good chance they win every single home game they have. They have Oklahoma State and TCU. They have Oklahoma and West Virginia. That's their four remaining home games. The big question for them is, can you start picking off some teams in the road or at West Virginia tomorrow, uh, two nights from now, at K-State, at Texas, at, uh, at Baylor? Like, I really don't like their chances to win many of those. That's why I'm not taking them seriously as a Big 12 championship contender, although they are in second place. The road results to me just are not there right now. Uh, and they're two and five in the road on the whole on the year. Also from the weekend, uh, Baylor gets an 89-62 win. They really blew this thing open the second half outscoring Texas Tech by 23 points. So big result there. Baylor is right back in this thing, two games back, and that puts them in the conversation in the hunt. Oklahoma State with a massive, massive 79-73 win at home against TCU. I know TCU was shorthanded, but also as was Oklahoma State with no Avery Anderson. Oklahoma State has now climbed their way back to 500 in league play. That's more than good enough to get yourself into the NCAA tournament. And also, that is a season sweep of the TCU Horn Frogs. They have won both uh, at TCU and now at home against TCU. Massive, massive stuff for them. Final result we're going to look at really fast. West Virginia, 93. Oklahoma, 61. You know, I still think Porter Mosier is a pretty good coach. Although I will say, I feel like we are now heading towards a... A situation where maybe a different job comes asking if Porter Mosier is interested and he says yes. Like, I think the Notre Dame job might be one where maybe OU wants a different guy as they're staring down a transition into the SEC and also trying to finish up in the Big 12. And maybe Porter wants to go back to the part of the country that he came from because, you know, outside that Alabama result, it has just been, I mean, they have been on the wrong end of some like really lopsided games. Uh, Oklahoma State beat their ass pretty thoroughly. West Virginia beat the hell out of them. 
They beat the crap out of uh, out of Alabama. Then you had the TCU game, which was a 27-point loss. You had the close game against Baylor at home, and you had the ass-kicking against Oklahoma State, 16-point game there. Like, they were playing some close games in the beginning, but everything just seems like it's kind of rock'em, sock'em robots now. Big haymakers either way being landed. This team is just not consistent enough. You know, the Tanner Groves and foul trouble in this game was huge. West Virginia, though, has surged and has found themselves as bad as that first stretch was. They have found themselves in great position in the Big 12 Conference. Some difficult games upcoming. They've got a three-game stretch of Iowa State, which is good because it's at home, at Texas Tech, and at Baylor. They also have a three-game stretch at the end at KU, at Iowa State, and K-State. So for this team, it is about playing some 500 basketball. It's about moving the ball well. It's about getting it to the guy who seems like he's got that big you-know-what energy. Eric Stevenson is absolutely hooping. He wants the ball right now, and he's shooting the cover off of it. 38% from beyond the arc right now is Eric Stevenson, and he is just a weapon for them. He's basically a, a – I love Sean McNeil. He, I feel like he's a little bit better than Sean McNeil was. Uh, I, I feel like that's pretty fair. And also, Sean McNeil, a little bit of a regression uh, as a whole, Ohio State, a little bit of regression, a little bit of regression there. And, you know, this kind of brings us now to bracketology – for the Big 12, Joey Baskets, Joey Buckets, Joey Brackets. He updated it uh, on two threes before we get going, but he had in his last his first four out, AM, Florida, Oklahoma, and Charleston. On the bubble, he had Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Nevada, as well as Kentucky. Both uh, West Virginia and Oklahoma State pick up pretty crucial wins this weekend. And then also, if you guys go over to one Jerry Palm, of CBS Sports, I like to check both. There's also some differentiation, but you get a pretty good a pretty good sense of uh, of kind of where things are. Let's see the last bracketology uh, that Jerry Palm he had one three days ago uh, as well. But I think he has them in at this point uh, at this point in time. So you think about with that, like it's good to see that both guys have them. Let's oh they updated it this morning. All right, he has got. <laughs> Ironically, he has Oklahoma and West Virginia, Oklahoma State and West Virginia playing a first four game. Uh, if if the Big Twelve gets enough teams in, yeah, there will be a mat. There'll be a couple matchups they have to play, but I don't think they're going to do that off the bat. I don't think that's the way that they would do this. So right now, in his last four in, Clemson, who's in first place in the ACC, which is hilarious, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. That is his last four in. His first four out, Penn State, Seton Hall, Wisconsin, and Virginia Tech. Uh, Wisconsin took a pretty bad loss last night. Penn State had a chance to get a road win against Nebraska, did not get the job done. I think Seton Hall, let me double check, they might have they might have rallied to win yesterday. They did. They rallied to beat DePaul at home yesterday. 69-64 doesn't really help them. It doesn't really move them back. And then Virginia Tech is the one school that just, they, they're on a surge now. They got the home win against Duke a couple weeks ago. They just got the home win against Virginia on Saturday. And now you're thinking about, all right, what do they have here? What, what can they do? They For them, they're going to have a tough time moving up because they've got BC, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Pitt, Miami, like they, once they hit that stretch, they're going to have to start winning those games. But they really can't do yourself a whole lot of good. So West Virginia and, and Oklahoma State, it's time to start moving yourself more off the bubble if you have a chance. I think Joe Lenardi fancies them a bit more. I think he fancies those the Big 12 schools a bit more. 
than than Jerry Palm does. And I'll, I'll check Mike DeCore, see if we can talk about that more tomorrow on other shows this week. But uh, I think, I think, yeah, I think there's a bit more favoring on the Joey Brackett side of things, but still though, both those schools should be in right now, in, in my opinion, at least uh, with the way they're playing and, and the kind of wins have been racking up. I mean, Oklahoma state racking up wins left and right, West Virginia racking up wins left and right right now. So I, I think those schools should be in. All right. One more word from our sponsors. And then we'll hit on something that Brett Yormark said on the way out of the K state game that he was at the other day. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. On today's show, today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by our old friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and the calories, you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. My goal has been to eat a little bit healthier this year. If you're like me, when you guys eat uh, healthier, you you also don't want to compromise taste, though. And we've got a thing for you. Built Bar. Built.com. You guys can go check that out today. Built Bars are so good. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. They've got churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, all available. Once again, built and built.com. But also, you guys can get them now at Walmart and Sam's Club. At Walmart, they got the four packs. At Sam's Club, the 13 pack. You guys can pick that. I actually picked some up at Sam's Club this weekend in Arkansas, my new place. So that's nice to have those. Once again, uh, you guys can check it out, Built Bar and Built.com today. All right, so quick note here on the way out. I saw this. Brett Yormark was asked about the text. Somebody, I think, yelled at him, the Brett, Yor- uh, uh, Brett Yormark, on the way out of the um, the Kansas State game the other day, uh, the Kansas State and Texas game. He was asked about the negotiations. And on the way out, he was said, we'll see how it goes. Negotiations take twists and turns. And the part of this we have to understand is it sounds like the Big 12 and Oklahoma and Texas did come to an agreement, but that's not the only factor. We mentioned it starting off the show. I'll mention it one more time here. Fox is a huge factor in all of this, right? They're a television partner now. They're going to be later. And so appeasing them is important. They're not going to say no to anything that doesn't make them whole. So it's important the Big 12 appeases Fox. The big problem is now Fox says no, it's no, right? So um, while while, while, uh, the Big 12 is on Fox's side, it's nice to know that OU in Texas, from all the reporting, did come to an agreement with the Big 12, which means, all right, we have somebody in Brett Yormark, who I'm sure is the conduit for all of this, who can work between both. So while for now, while for now, the news is that, hey, look, it's going to be until 2025, there is communication there. I know that the Big 12 uh, has upset Oklahoma and Texas in some ways, but look, if an agreement re- was reached, that means that they were talking and just they weren't able to get across the finish line. They'll revisit it at some point. I think Brett Yormark is right. As a businessman, negotiations do take twists and turns. This thing is not over yet. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LO Big 12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find me on Twitter uh, at LO Big 12, as I mentioned. Bread truck picks, that's what I've been calling them. First losing week that we had all season came this past weekend, guys. Uh, on the year, we were 15, 6, and 1 heading to the week. We had Kansas minus 1.5, eh. Texas Tech, uh, Tech plus 9.5, eh, bigness. Oklahoma State minus three and a half, 
K-State plus one and a half, big, eh, and then West Virginia minus five and a half. Covered two and three week. We're now 17, nine, and one on the year. Still a great outlook for the season. If you guys want those picks, I might have them this week. It's a busy week for me. I'm only going to pick them, though, during the week if I have a good feel for them, all right? We're trying to pick some winners, and we're doing that courtesy of the FanDuel Sportsbook as well. All right, make sure you guys, once again, find us. Uh, please subscribe to the channel as well. So next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.